the basic principles are that you, you do work, you recover from it. When you recover, you're stronger. We want that to some degree. We want to be stressing the body enough to be able to adapt to that and come out stronger, fitter, faster, whatever it may be. You need to be able to recover to get that adaptation. So if you're running every day and you're just getting more and more tired, then you're not adapting to that. So you're not getting stronger. You're just putting yourself in a hole. Knowing how far into that hole you can go before you get sick or you get injured is the key to athletic development. I think it might be the key to general health as well. Welcome back to Mindset Mastery. My name is Rachel Tapscott and today we're talking about endurance sport. My guest today is a lifelong endurance athlete and running technique coach. He has completed Ironman triathlons in Australia, Europe and the UK and also competed in running races from 5k up to 100 kilometers. He loves to tinker with principles and techniques from other sports to see how they can apply to endurance sport as well. I'm very excited to welcome Nathan Fenton to the show. How are you, Nathan? I'm good, thanks. I would love to know, what's it actually like to compete in an Ironman event? I'm not much of a runner myself, um, maybe a couple of Ks here and there, a couple times a month, but what kind of physical training and mental training do you need for something like that? Well, the race itself is a long day out. It's for some people, for the pros, it might be eight hours. For others, I think you get up to about 17 hours to to complete the race so it's a big day and I think a lot of the mindset going into it is just preparing yourself for more of the same it's nice that there are three sports so you can break it up a little bit but it it is just left foot right foot just keep keep on moving so I think a lot of the training is based around that a lot of long lonely boring hours and you see groups training together and I think that's awesome because at least you have someone to share that that monotony with but it is quite monotonous it is just building up that capacity to to keep going and to keep moving and and being okay with the fact that you're going to be out there for a long time yeah definitely so how did you get into your first Ironman event I always wanted to do Ironman I think first time I saw it was probably Wide World of Sports a Sunday sports program in Australia that would show the Hawaiian Ironman which is the world championship I had been doing shorter triathlons since I was about 12 13 and it was always something that I wanted to complete. I, I finished racing those shorter races when I was probably, I think maybe 18, 19, I sort of moved on to uni, was drinking too much, couldn't be bothered with the training. And I had, still hadn't completed that Ironman. So I, when I was about, well, I can't remember, maybe 28, I decided to go back to, to purely do Ironman. So it was, it was a long time coming. It was always gonna happen, but it was just that, it's that pinnacle of the long distance multi-sport kind of race. Mm-hmm. How long does it take to prepare for something like that? It's a tough question because I think a lot of people that maintain that kind of fit, general fitness year round could probably specify their training in the last sort of three or four months. But in general, people who are serious might have a six um, month lead in. It does vary a lot. I, I think just getting it done, you could probably, if you're generally fit and generally stubborn, you could probably just get it done with four or five months worth of work but you know some people put a full 12 month campaign on one race yeah yeah well what is it that you really enjoy about endurance sport in particular oh man that's a good question I've, I've often been asked why I do it and I can't really answer it it's sort of my, my go-to answer is just it's something that I have always done I've always enjoyed it I'm 
a better person when I am working towards something, but that, that something is quite often athletic as well as business. So for me to have completed, achieved some kind of training session most days or to be progressing along the lines of, of athletic development makes me feel like I'm actually, I actually have a purpose here. I am actually achieving something and I'm, I'm growing towards something over the longer term. So I think that as much as I enjoy running and I love riding, swimming less so, but it goes hand in hand with all the others. I think that the, the goal, the longer term goal and the ability to do the work and see the results is something that's always sort of driven me. Mm, yeah, that's awesome. And as a coach, as a running coach, what do you mainly help your clients achieve? Like what are some of the, the goals? Is it about getting to these kind of events or just to have like a, a healthier lifestyle in general? Most of the time it's event driven at the moment with events being cancelled left, right and centre because mm. of coronavirus. It's a bit more of a challenge because I think most of the people that I deal with similar to me and they are looking for progression, they're looking for athletic development. A lot of them are um, that type A personality that needs to keep achieving. So it is about athletic, reaching athletic potential, trying to get the most out of themselves as a, a human. And I think a lot of my clients are similar to me in that they feel like a better person after they've either achieved something in a training session or just sort of, you know, let's not, let's not dance around it. A lot of us are exercising our demons by exercising. So it's probably twofold. One is just to get rid of that extra energy. Another is to feel like we're actually doing something. So a lot of my clients, are, they're, they're amateur athletes, but quite experienced and are looking to achieve sometimes at certain times in a race or a certain distance if it's a longer one. Yeah, mostly around sort of race results. You talk about tinkering with different kinds of principles in other sports to apply to running. So what are some of the other things aside from running day in and day out that you actually look at when you're training your clients? The strength and conditioning world is really interesting to me. So we look at the strength side of things of lifting heavy weights and that's quite beneficial for well for general health let alone athletic potential and the conditioning side the the sort of that car aspect of it is when you're in the gym is very different to I mean the principles remain but the, it's different to going out and running on the road or on a trail so bringing some of those strength and conditioning protocols into running whether it be through shorter faster efforts of running or hill work or plyometrics that translates to becoming a better runner so it's a lot of the running world will think that hill sprint hill repetitions is strength work which I can't fault that it is strength work but if we're lifting heavy weights that's even that's creating an even better adaptation than just running up hills so it's sort of a trade-off between the usable skill of running up a hill and building strength through lifting weights so it's those sort of principles that I like to bring across um, CrossFit showed me that you can bring a gymnast um, a, a rower and a weightlifter together and you can create this all-round fitness and and share different protocols from different sports so I like to to explore the way different sports are training and see if that can be useful in in endurance sport yeah that's awesome how did the different kinds of exercises affect the body like as in the the weight training compared to the cardio training and then 
putting it together to all round improve your performance? I like to reverse engineer things. And, and if the end goal is to run fast on a flat road, run as fast as we can, then probably lifting heavy weights is not going to be as beneficial as if we're running technical trails through the mountains. So when we have to fight against gravity and go uphill, we're going to use, we're going to require a lot more strength. When we're running fast on a flat road, we're going to require greater stroke volume through the heart, a, a better ability to tolerate carbon, which is sort of the, the exhale of, of your breathing. So those sort of, we have, we have to look at what the end goal is. I still advocate for, advocate for strength work for roadrunners because it helps a lot with injury prevention, but I'm guilty of of dropping the gym as soon as I can when I'm working on a road goal, just because the benefits aren't as great as what you can achieve by going out and running. So I think it, it depends a lot on the end goal, but there are adaptations that will, that you can reprioritize based on what your end goal is. Mm, yeah. So how does strength training help you prevent injuries? So I, when I'm working on a trail run, the downhill component of that is probably one of the biggest barriers to being able to perform towards the end of the race. So you might notice if you're running over hilly terrain that your muscles feel very beaten up. You get DOMS over the following couple of days. Your, your muscles are sore for a couple of days after that. That's the what's known as eccentric loading. So when your muscle contracts, so to um, to absorb the impact of running downhill that is a different kind of strength to when it when you're running uphill where you need to concentrically use those muscles so there's a there are different protocols in the gym that you could instead of picking up the the weight really quickly you can put it down really slowly and that trains different parts of the muscles and that is a that eccentric loading is really good for for injury prevention it just gives you a, a stronger muscle all around yeah yeah awesome so when you're training for long distance event like that how do you stay motivated to continue your training every day like you're talking about it does get quite monotonous so what what keeps you going <laughs> I'm the worst person to ask about this because I have big gaps in my training and when I say big I mean you know four or five days where I just couldn't be bothered I will push myself out the door for a couple of those days so it's not detrimental to the overall plan but I think everyone goes through those those times where they just couldn't be bothered or they're, they're wondering what the point is. I think understanding that why is a big part of being able to continue when things get hard because you do get tired. You do wonder what the point of it all is and, and particularly through winter when it's easier to stay in bed than to get up and, and do some work. Remembering that why or having a good group of people to train with. You know, if, if you're going to meet someone for a run at 5.30 in the morning, you're not going to leave them standing there by themselves while you're tucked up in bed. So I think that sort of gets you out there. And nine times out of 10, you take a couple of steps outside and you're going to finish the, the whole session. It's, it's just a matter of knowing that you just need to get your shoes on, you need to get outside and then you'll be fine. So yes, it does get hard. And I think, I mean, I've, I've chatted to pros who go through exactly the same sort of thing. They know that the end result, they know that accumulating each of these sessions is what makes for a good result, not necessarily one great session and then missing a couple of days. So it's a matter of just accumulating the work over a longer period of time and, and try and remember why you're doing this. Yeah, absolutely. I see this quote that says, 
the only bad workout is the one that you don't do. Do you think that that's true? It's just about, you know, turning up and just doing something to create that habit to keep going. 100%. And the flip side of that is another saying it's something like the best workout is the one you did. So it's definitely just getting something done. And when you really break it down, the nitty gritty of it, there's, there's probably not that much that is, um, I don't know how to explain it. We, we have such a gray area of what works and what doesn't that most work will benefit you. The timing and the total stimulus is still debated because we don't have very effective means of measuring it. We, there are so many variables in athletic development that we can't control everything. So just doing something is going to be beneficial to the, the one percenters, the parts where we know enough to be able to specify the work that needs to be done at a particular time. So we know that we can periodize things roughly. So you might do more general work when you're three, three, four, five months away from a race, and then you do more specific work when you get closer to it. And by specific, I mean something that replicates the actual race you're going to do. So beyond that, there are times when you need some faster work, times that you need some slower work. But if you, I mean, I have my speed sessions on mostly Tuesdays and Thursdays. And if I couldn't be bothered on those days, I'll just do an easy run. And that's fine. It's still, it's still doing some work. And I know my body well enough to know that if I wake up and I'm just not going to hit those targets, then it's okay to just go out for an easy cruise. So doing something is better than is mostly better than doing nothing. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, listening to your body and just knowing in yourself whether you're going to be able to do that hard workout today. And I suppose as well, not beating up on yourself if you know you're not going to be able to do it and just getting out there and getting something done. That's it. So can you talk me through the process that you work through with your clients when like they first come to you and then designing a program for them? So firstly, we'll work out what they actually want to achieve. The hard part is when somebody knows that they want to run, but they can't really articulate the goals that they have or they can't, they haven't really worked out the, the targets they're, they're aiming for. I am sort of limited when that happens. If someone comes to me and says, I want this, it's black and white, it's really easy for me. I'd go, cool, what you need, what characteristics do you need for that? We work that out, we work backwards on um, work out how to achieve those characteristics over the time that we have before the, the test, the, the race. When someone is in two minds as to what they want or is unsure of what they're capable of, then it becomes more of a, a questioning role. It's more sort of what interests you and what have you done in the past that you'd like to explore further. And it becomes quite a, a fascinating series of if this, then that, or what happens with when this happens or how do you feel about that? What gets you excited that becomes a good exploration into what really makes somebody tick? We love talking about having the why behind what you do in in business, in sport, in pretty much every episode I think we've had on this show, we end up talking about focusing on that why. So is that what you're looking for in someone, like helping them find out what their why is so that you can design the training around that? Sometimes I think that's a fundamental layer that, as I mentioned before, I, I haven't really dialed in as much as I would like to, but you can still get 
great results from the the what so the level mm -hmm. above the, below that i guess when when you're working out why you do it there are going to be things that pop up that get you excited so it might be a, a race or a distance or a location or a, a particular time for a, a standard distance that people get excited about my two things i sort of jump between tra trail and road but the two things that are exciting me at the moment are fast marathon and some really mountainous longer terrain so <laughs> depending on which races get cancelled is basically how i work out what sort of training i'm going to be doing but when people look at say a marathon and that that three hour barrier for a lot of men a lot of women as well is is quite a magical barrier that's where i'm at at the moment i'm sort of drifting between 305 and 315 and and i want that sub three hour and that will be something i'll hold forever in my mind as a great achievement and that's that's something that gets me excited so i know that that's something i can work towards sometimes when i a couple of years ago i was sort of floating a little bit and i wasn't sure what to work towards and there were a few trail races that got me excited because they're going into places I'd never been before. Some, some of them are places that you can't get to by, by car and they're quite remote. And that's quite exciting for me to be in a place where there's, you know, there are consequences to your actions. If you trip over and hurt yourself, you might have to wait for a helicopter to get out. Those sort of things excite me. So they're the two areas that I'm focusing my, my training. So it's sort of going through the questioning of the athlete to work out at what point do their eyes light up and, and get excited about a particular outcome? Yeah, awesome. What's your favourite trail that you've ever competed on? Oh, do you know, just outside of Melbourne, only maybe an hour outside of Melbourne, there's a place called Werribee Gorge. It's small. There's nothing there but a gorge and a river. Some of those trails are quite technical and, and you know, if you trip over on that, you'll smash your shins open kind of trail. I enjoy the the trails of consequence. So something like that. And there are a few of those up in the high country around the back of Mount Buller that are quite fun. But I really want to get to Chamonix in France. I've skied there before, but I've never been in, in summer. So places like that, big mountains, I like the idea of. Yeah, that'd be awesome. So for an everyday person like me who might want to just implement running into my, you know, weekly routine, what are some of the physical and mental benefits of that? Well, they're huge. If you can stop it from being an obsession, which um, is where a lot of people are heading at the moment because it's easy to get up and, and run every day and they want to do more and more and more, um, then it'll be healthy. But don't let it get to that point. I think run when you feel like it and, and don't run when you don't feel like it. I know for a lot of people, they suggest that they'll never run. Maybe that's okay. Maybe get on a bike and that would be exciting for you a lot of people view running as their meditation so if you can get out for a half an hour 45 minutes an hour whatever it may be each day or every second day and just go for an easy jog take note of where your mind is going it might be for me when i run i either solve problems or i don't think about problems and i think both of them have their place take notice of where your mind is is drifting and I think when you run by yourself you don't necessarily have to think about anything so it's quite interesting to observe what you what your subconscious goes through and maybe you know some for me the shower is the place where ideas sort of consolidate and and come to light some people running is like that where all these things that maybe a problem you've been trying to work through 
suddenly the answer pops up when you're running. So I think the meditation style of running when you get into a rhythm is quite beneficial. Obviously, the, the physical benefits of moving your muscles, getting outside, moving, getting your heart rate up for a little bit, going through a full range of motion for each of your muscles, there are huge benefits there. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. So final question, what is your biggest piece of advice when it comes to a running training program? So I mean, physical, mental, like what is the main thing that you want someone to know going into their, starting their journey? Have some self-awareness around how you respond to the training. Um, a lot of, it, it's very personal the way you respond to training. As I said before, there are um, huge amount of variations in day-to-day -day life that mean that it's not as black and white as we would like it to be. How much you sleep, your general health, how well you ate, what other life stresses, whether at work or family or whatever stresses will play a part on how well you train and how well you recover from things. So the basic principles are that you, you do work, you recover from it. When you recover, you're stronger. We want that to some degree. We want to be stressing the body enough to be able to adapt to that and come out stronger, fitter, faster, whatever it may be. You need to be able to recover to get that adaptation. So if you're running every day and you're just getting more and more tired and um, getting sore, then you're not adapting to that. So you're not getting stronger. You're just putting yourself in a hole and it might, you want to recover every day. It might be that you want to recover after a week. It might be you recover every month, but knowing how far into that hole you can go before you get sick or you're a pain to be around or you, you get injured is the key to your athletic development. I think it might be the key to general health as well. We need stress. Otherwise, A, we're bored and B, we die. Otherwise, without that recovery from that stress, we're not getting better. We're not improving. So I think the main thing is to take note of where you are now, do the work and just observe how well you recover and what things will improve that recovery. Because we've got a whole bunch of tools at our disposal, whether it be breathing or eating or sleeping or um, massage. There are thousands of different things we can do to recover. Recover hard and then you can go again, but you've got to understand, you've got to have that self-awareness of how well you recover before you can work out how much you need to recover. Yeah, that is such good advice. That's a really great answer to that question. So Nathan, where can people find you and connect with you um, if they want to work with you? My run coaching company is called Run Power Coach. So you can go to runpowercoach.com or on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter as Run Power Coach. Fantastic. And you can find all those links in the show notes below at the end of the episode. Nathan, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It's been great to talk with you. Thanks very much for having me. I think it's time to get outside for a run. If you have been enjoying the show, it would be awesome if you could leave us a review on your favorite podcast app and also share the show with one other person who might find value in what we talked about today. It's been awesome to have you here again. And until next time, remember, we are only limited by what we believe we are limited by.